Um, tonight we are going to be talking about enjoying each other. This is a fun message for Sarah and I. It's, it's some of the ways in which uh, we have found to enjoy each other to keep our, our marriage relationship strong. So we're going to start with a picture tonight, I think. No, we aren't either. We do have a picture, but I'm not going to ask you about the picture. I want you to think back to when you first met your spouse. What attracted you to them, and what was something that you enjoyed about them? And so some of you, this has been a long, long time ago. Some of you, it hasn't been very long. For Sarah and I, it's been about 22 years. So when I met Sarah... I found her standing in line in front of me. Now, the obvious thing that attracted me to her was, well, she was really cute. But aside from that, um, you know, we we hit it off. We started talking. We had some of the same interests. I found out she liked motorcycles. Turned out I had a motorcycle. And so I didn't get her number, though, that first day. I was too big of a chicken. Just, I'll own it. And so, but I knew where she worked in the factory because she was in the same group as me. And, and so my position there allowed me to have position, or, uh, permission to go into different areas. So I thought, well, I'll catch her sometime coming off work. Well, it turned out I never saw her after a week. I thought, I've got to go find her. So I went in early and showed up in her area and talked to the supervisor. And I said, hey, does Sarah happen to be here? And he's like, well, yeah, hey, Sarah, come on over, you know. Of course, what happens, everybody looks, don't they? Everybody, yes. Yeah, yeah so everybody looks, you know. And, you know, Sarah, she sunburns pretty easy. I don't think she was sunburnt that day, but she was a little pink. Uh-huh. Um, so I said, hey, why don't you just stop by my area and on your way out, and we'll, we'll visit a little bit. Right, so he left, and of course, everybody's teasing me and making fun of me, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am not going to go find this guy, right? Like, I know where my car is parked. I know what door I need to go out to get to it. If I happen to see him on that route, then fine, but if not, well, oh well. Well, I made sure I was right by the door, so I took the machine <laughs> right there. It was good, so, so as she was coming by, yeah, yeah, she, she didn't have a choice but to stop and say hi. So I did get her number that day, and, and we set up a date that we could go out. And so we had our first date. And when we were on that date, I told her, I said, you know, one of the things we're talking about is I had a trip coming up to go to Colorado. A couple friends of mine, and uh, one was married and one had a girlfriend. And I said, we're going to go to Colorado on a motorcycle trip. And didn't invite her that time, but I did ask her on the second date. And then while we were there, I said, hey, you interested in going on this motorcycle trip? Right. So, you know, he asked me and I thought, okay, we've been on two dates now. Really? Like you're inviting me to Colorado with you. And so I told him, I'll ask my parents. And that was my really kind and nice way of saying like, not a chance, right? You know? So, but I did go home. My mom had met Jesse already and she loved Jesse from the very beginning. And so I was telling her, you know, what he had said and what he had asked. And she's like, oh, I think you should go. And I was like, Mom, no, no, but I decided not to go. I just didn't feel like it was right, but. But she did come up, and we, we had a meal at my apartment uh, before we left, and so she got to meet my friends, and she's like, oh, they're kind of fun, so. I know, afterwards, I was kind of like, that would have been a really fun trip, but. And it was, uh, even without you, but. I know. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, but you, you never missed a trip hardly after that, yeah. so. But we did. We had a lot of fun together during the dating stage. In the first five years of marriage, uh, we didn't have any children. And so we were best friends. We went all over the place. We snowmobiled. We motorcycled. 
did all sorts of great stuff. And then something changed. We had kids. And, you know, children are a blessing. I love my kids. They are great. But it definitely changed things in our, in our relationship. We went from being best friends to being tired, worn out, and talking very little. Have any of you experienced that? It's hard when the kids come in. And so, Sarah, what did it look like from your side? Well, you know, I think back, he asked me that question, and I said, to be honest, I really don't remember. It's all just kind of a fog, so I didn't have an answer for him. Which tells you we were not making any memories together, right? It was, we were just trying to survive. And so I started asking myself questions at this point what we were going to do, because those two friends that we went on that motorcycle trip with, both of them had gotten married and divorced by this time. And I saw where we were at and what was going on in our lives, and I thought, if, you know what, if something doesn't change here with us, we're probably headed on that same path. And, you know, I showed this picture earlier in the week. It's of my grandparents. They were married over 70 years. They raised six children in a tiny little house, Grandpa had his own business the entire time. They made it work, and they enjoyed each other all the way through to the end. My parents, they raised two children while running a business no different than us, and they had a great relationship. So what was I going to do? Sarah and I were two kids in, and we were at best peacefully coexisting in our house. Now, if you looked at us from the outside, you would say, hey, they had a great relationship because we were successful. We had a nice home. We had nice cars, nice things. We served at church. We had all of the material stuff that we wanted, and from the outside, it probably looked like we had a great relationship. But the reality of it was what was happening inside of our home and, and, and the way our relationship actually was and how we were relating to each other wasn't good. We weren't best friends anymore. So our marriage was looking more like a partnership than what I saw in my parents and in my grandparents. Proverbs 5.18 says this, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. So we needed to find a way to get our closeness back. So at the beginning I asked you, what attracted you to your husband or your wife? And so if you're here with your husband or wife, I would like you to share what that was and maybe something that you enjoyed doing together. If you aren't married and uh, you're here with a friend, if you're widowed or a a widower, um, I want you to share with a friend that you're here something that you remember, a fond memory that you have of when you first met your spouse. I'm going to give you guys a minute to just discuss this and talk about that. All right. So... As, as we, uh, as we'll bring it back in here now. So there were two things that Sarah and I found that we, we thought we needed to do and that we, we have tried to pursue to make our marriage relationship strong. And the first one is spending time together. Because we needed to have a strong marriage relationship. Because we couldn't just rely on uh, the relationship that we had with our kids if that was our sole focus of our of our relationship, because at some point, our children are going to get older, and they're going to graduate, and they're going to move on, and so then we're left, and so I wanted to make sure that we had a good, solid relationship uh, moving forward. Right, so we started looking at what other couples, other 
you know, other couples that we knew did and asking them questions about that. And so, you know, some of them, um, they like to go out for coffee, which is a really great thing. Jesse and I aren't coffee drinkers. I do like a good hot chocolate every once in a while. But, you know, so that wasn't something that really worked for us in our relationship. So we started looking at other things. And, of course, you know, we, we enjoy going out to eat together. Um, we enjoy going to movies sometimes together. But the thing was, um, where we used to live, um, our acreage was in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes our weather app even told us that. Middle of nowhere. So um, it was 20 minutes to get anywhere. So by the time we had a, a babysitter come out to our place and we'd drive somewhere and come back and take them back, I mean, it was a long evening, and it would get kind of expensive for us. So we did take opportunities sometimes to go do those out-to-eat and movie things, but we couldn't always do that because we couldn't financially afford it, and it just wasn't practical all the time for us. So Sarah and I had to be creative. Now, you already know that we're a little bit different than your average people, right? We are a little it, different, yeah. It's obvious. We live on your church parking lot with five kids and a dog and an RV, right? So you know that we're not normal. So you're probably wondering, what in the world did they do to have fun? How, did we, how do we enjoy each other? So we made it a point to talk daily. So after we put the kids to bed, we, we would take it that time and we would set it aside for us. So as business owners, though, we had to be very, very intentional because it was very easy for us to take what was, what was our business and create that and put that into our relationship. So it wasn't really about us. So we did not want to just talk about the business. So we had to be very intentional about the topic. We also wanted it to be undistracted, which meant that we had to shut off the TV. We had to put down our phones and so we could just focus on each other. So things that you guys enjoy, when you think about it, are probably going to look different than what we enjoy doing. But here's some of the fun things that we used to like to do. So one of our favorite things, like I said, just warning to you, we're a little different. One of our favorite things that we would do is that we would ha- we're kind of entrepreneurs at heart. And so we would come up with different businesses. We would dream up new businesses to do. I know, it's crazy. Like, we already had a business. Why are we thinking about doing more stuff? But I don't know, we would be talking with friends or different things, and it's like, ooh, this would be really good in our area. Or, wow, that would be something really great to start up. So So you're thinking that sounds like your work, right? Well, not really. For us, this is more like you sitting down and playing a board game. We would, we would find that need, and we would try to come up with the idea. Right, so we'd get out, our, you know, we'd put our kids to bed, we'd get out a bowl of ice cream at the end of the day, and, we, and then we'd start planning. We'd come up with all these different ideas, and we'd formulate a whole business structure, and then go on from there. Yeah, so we would do all the profit margins, the expenses, unbeknownst to our friends, we would employ them in the business, you know, because we'd look at their strengths and their weakness, you know, like where they would fit into this. <laughs> And so we would plug all these people in. We would consider how to market it. Oh, yeah. We, and that's the, the silly thing is sometimes we would actually lose lots of hours of sleep because we'd be, like, having so much fun and laughing and talking about it and planning. And then we wouldn't go to bed, and we'd realize what time it was, and eventually we'd get there. But, yeah, and, of course, we had no intention of ever doing any of these things. It was just fun for us. So I know. We're nerds. I know. <laughs> 
So you're probably wondering, what are some of these businesses now, right? Like, what did we actually think it would be? Right. So one of them was a destination wedding venue. But of course, that probably wouldn't work great in north central Iowa, you know, I mean, in the middle of fields. But, you know, we'd love to plan. Yeah. So we also couldn't find homes for our dogs. So if we would go away, we want to kennel them. Dog kennels weren't around. So we looked at what it would take to start a dog kennel and how that would be profitable. And we didn't, that, no, that wasn't going to happen. Um, so we did an, a nursery because being an arborist, I couldn't find, my customers always wanted new trees. I, would, I never did the planting side of it, but they were always asking me. Of course, then they would bring home this tree from wherever and it was terrible. And then they expect me to do something great with it, which was impossible. So I thought, well, maybe I should grow trees. No, we're not going to do that either. But we did, we did plan that one out. But here's my personal favorite. Are you ready? This one's really, really good. I wanted an indoor shrimp farm. So we would raise the shrimp in tanks, salt water, the whole deal, right? Off of that, because I love to eat and I love good food and organic vegetables, I could take the waste coming off of the shrimp and then hydroponically raise organic vegetables. I thought that would be amazing. That would we be great. We actually got pretty far on that one, but we yeah. did go a little ways. But on then, that one. Yeah, yeah, our lives no. changed. So, so what else did we do for fun? You know, Sarah, she likes old stuff. So occasionally, we would look at online auctions. Okay, so we have a picture. One of the best things that we ever found is this. A 1983 Bluebird Wander Lodge. Isn't, do you, don't you love its vintage charm? I mean, really. I love old things, I know. But um, the interior was cool. It was a bunkhouse so we could get all the kids in there. And um, the really cool thing, though, this was like prior to all the electronics in the vehicle. So it had all the switches on the dash. I mean, it looked like you were flying a plane. It was so cool. So that was one thing that I, was, I thought that would be awesome for our family. And I was looking at it going, it's either a mechanic's dream because he's going to get rich, or it's a mechanic's nightmare because it's never going to go away. Since I'm the mechanic in the family, it was probably going to be my nightmare. I did actually bid on this. We did. We didn't win. Unfortunately. So thankfully, God had, uh, had other plans for our future. And so, yes, now here we are in our RV. So the next thing is uh, that was recommended to us is to date weekly. Now, as we said earlier, this was not uh, something that was very practical for us, just because of where we were located at. Um, So we had to be intentional at home. And it's something that I, I think is going to be good for us as we get our routine down now traveling and we have some help from our team where they can watch our kids for us to, to break off and spend that time and, and be intentional uh, on a weekly basis just to, to date so I can date my wife again. Right. And, you know, and I encourage you as a church family, if there, you know, of couples, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to find a babysitter and that if you can reach out to other couples in your church and watch, take time to watch their kids and bless them for an evening out. That is so helpful in, in encouraging them in their marriage and just building your church body as a whole, too. So the third thing is that we did was we retreated annually. So this was another really important way for us to spend time together. And we wouldn't take a really long, big trip. We usually just planned one weekend a year that we would go away, just the two of us, um, just for the weekend to do something. Sometimes we just went to the annual homeschool conference. We homeschooled at that time already. 
Um, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we had absolutely no plans. Um, and we would just enjoy the weekend together. But it was time, it gave us time to pause and talk together and reset and dream. Because we don't always have time to do those conversations when all the little ones are running around, when we have our kids at home and needing our attention all the time. And so that gave us the opportunity to do that together. So the last thing uh, that was recommended is to enjoy the benefit of marriage. So this time of intimacy is so vital. It keeps us connected. 1 Corinthians 7.3 says this, Let the husband render to his wife the affection owed her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. So this is something for both the wife and the husband to enjoy. This time, uh, the, the sexual relationship that God created in our marriage and is so vital for us, and it's so important for us to, to take that time. And we need to be respectful of one another in this, and not to withhold ourselves in this or any part of our relationship. So besides spending time together, the other thing that we need to do to keep our marriage strong is to pursue Christ. One of the best ways to do this that we have found as a couple is to study together. When you study with somebody, you become of one mind with that person. And so Sarah and I studied uh, some just as personal growth. Sometimes we studied in small groups together. There were other times that we studied together just to prepare for leading a group, whether it was youth group or small group or Sunday school. This was also an area that Sarah and I had to grow tremendously in our relationship, which simply means we argued about it. We had conflict because it was sometimes we didn't agree on what we should say or how we should say it. Just a little plug for home life on Saturday. Uh, we do have a segment there on conflict and how to resolve that and how to, how to talk through and, and fight fair. So another way to pursue Christ is to be on mission together. So mission trips are an amazing way for you to seek after the Lord together and break out of your normal routine and um, get out of your comfort zone, right? It's easy to be in our comfort zone, but when God calls us to go somewhere else to serve, um, we really have to trust God for that time and trust each other um, as we go together. So in Mark sixteen fifteen says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So we've had some opportunities. We led some youth group mission trips. We've led some adult mission trips. And we've taken some ones by ourselves, and we did one out of the country as well. Um, but we really had, we learned that in these times, in the struggles that we would have on those trips, that we really had to rely on each other and rely on God, and it brought us closer together. So one example is we went to Grenada on a mission trip together, and um, God asked me to do some things personally that I wasn't prepared to do. So first, um, besides being in a whole new culture that I didn't completely understand, right, he asked me to do some things on that trip. So one of them was we, had, we went to, as a group, we went to a, a school and they asked me to deliver the Bible lesson to that whole school assembly. And I had like 10, 15 minutes to prepare. So that was something I was not prepared to do. God, God gave me the words I needed to that morning. But of course, there was a lot of nerves and, and worry that came along with that. Um, and also, um, another thing, we served with a ministry, um, Operation Mobilization. And they, it's a ship ministry. And so people would come onto the ship, and it had a book fair and lots of things for families to do. And one thing they had was face painting. 
And so they asked me to do face painting, which I had never face painted before. And there's a whole line of kids lined up, right? So that was a new experience for me. Um, and of course, being on a ship, one of my jobs was to help clean it. Well, a ship is a lot different than a house. So there was a whole new learning curve in doing that. But um, as I was struggling through these things that God was putting in our path for things for us to do that week, um, I was really struggling with it. And I really had to talk to Jesse, and I needed his encouragement that week to get through some of these difficult things and to, to rely on God for those. So that was a time that really brought us closer together as a couple. So the next way that we can do this is through hospitality. And some of you have done this so well this week. Loving on our team as we brought them in and opening your homes up to house them. That is so awesome and so amazing and such a great way that you can uh, be generous together as a couple. So hospitality is just, it's very simply put, it's just a friendly, generous welcoming of people into your home to entertain them. So one person that we had in our life as an example of this was Sarah's grandmother. So you can see her here. She's in the bottom center. She passed away last fall at the age of 104 years old. She had people into her home up until the final days almost of her life. So she was at home until the last couple weeks when she went into hospice care. But Grandma Peggy, some of my first memories of her was they had a cattle business, her and her husband did. So they would go to sale barns, they would buy cattle, and they'd put loads of cattle together to go be sold to the packing plant. So the truck drivers always, new truck drivers coming onto the place all the time, and they had to go to the house to get the paperwork. Now she would bring them in, and she'd sit them down with a cup of coffee and a cookie, whether they wanted it or not. But she made sure that they felt welcome there in her home, and none of them left a stranger. So they knew if they had, we came back another time, they knew they just had to budget that time in there to have that cup of coffee with Grandma Peggy because she wanted to hear what was going on in their lives and she wanted to get into their life and, and make sure that they knew that they were loved. So this was a constant attitude for her and a practice that she regularly did with everyone. Romans twelve thirteen says this, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So it says that we are supposed to look for ways that we can do this. Look for ways that we can be generous. Look for ways we can be kind so that we can serve others in our home with, the, with what God has provided us that we can use that to bring others in and show love together to other people. So when we do marriage and friendships and, and really any relationship well, others can then see Christ's love through that, through that relationship. So this becomes our life message. Now, life action would define a life message this way. It is what people think of you when they think of you. It's what people think of you when they think of you. So in other words, this is what people's perceptions are of your life. This also happens whether you want it to happen or not, because it's what people see in you. We are also responsible for the life message that people perceive of us. So how people see us, we are responsible for that. The only way that we find out what others think of us is to ask. Jesus knew this. He asked the disciples this in Matthew 16, 13 through 16. 
He said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And this is where Simon Peter says that great line. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, Peter, you are blessed. Because without me telling you, you have perceived what I am and who I am. He saw who Jesus was through his actions, through his life message, that Jesus was living out not only was what, what, what he was speaking, but it was also the way that he lived his life, how he carried himself, how he loved people. So someone has said this, that a message that's prepared in the mind will reach minds. A message that's prepared from a heart will reach hearts. But a message in a life will change lives. We see this in 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Paul says this, Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, that you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. So the words that they preached matched the way that they lived. And they match so completely that their, that their lives and their message had a powerful impact in the church there in Thessalonica. So this makes me ask this question of myself. What do I need to do to have a God-honoring life message? So as we, as we looked at our life, Sarah and I, we asked ourselves this question. And so how do we do that? And it's, it's what we need to live, what we're trying to teach this week. So as we come in here, we need to try to do that. Now, I know that I don't do everything that I said I should do. I don't always love my wife the way that I should. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds to reflect on these two things. What do you think people think of you? And the second thing is, is what do I want my life message to be? And is it God-honoring? 30 seconds. So your life in action tonight. Before you go to bed, I would like you to do this. Talk with your spouse. What it's one or two things that I or we can begin doing to enjoy each other more. How can the two of you work together to improve your relationship so that you can reflect Christ's love to others, so people can see what your life message is. Because that's the purpose of us enjoying each other and loving each other and spending time together is so that when people see us and they see what we're doing and the way that we're living, they say, wow, we want to be part of that. We want to do what they do. We want to have what they have. And, they, and so people will ask questions, how do you make that happen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time for the time that we have to share and to look at what it, what it is and what a blessing it is to, to have that companionship and to be married and to enjoy each other. Lord, not just for our own selfish wants and desires, but Lord, so that we can create an outward message that brings the gospel just through our actions, through our joy and through our love to, the, to those that are around us. I ask that you would help us, this, help us with this in Jesus' name.